0: Hey, man, it's me, Kevin Smith, but my alter ego is Silent Bob. And guess what? I'm in a new movie with my alter ego, man. Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. We dropped the trailer last week. You can see it online at RebootRoadShow.com. And while you're there, maybe pick up some tickets. Come see us, man. You come see me and Jay live all across the country, um, showing the movie and then Q&A and afterwards and whatnot. Um, There's more shows being added. So if you don't see your neck of the woods, trust me, there's a whole new slew, slew of dates that are coming as well. We're going to be doing this for a while, man. Taking the, We're proud of this movie, so we're going to take it around, show you the movie, sit there, watch it with you, man. Soak up all the glory and be like, right? Isn't that funny? I knew you'd think it was funny, man. I'm going to make it, it for you, man. I love watching the movies with the audiences, man, particularly my audience. So RebootRoadShow.com, man. You can pick up tickets, see us live. Or if you're like, that's too pricey, I don't pay no 50 bucks to see you and Jay, even though I paid that to see you guys do get old a few months ago, and this time you have a new movie and stuff, but I don't want to pay it we've made it easy for you man you could go to two screenings fathom event, sneak preview screenings october 15th and october 17th tickets are on sale right now man so you could see the movie as soon as you want or you can wait and see it with us or you can do both for heaven's sakes and then when the movie comes torn into your neck of the woods that's when it opens in your neck of the woods so say we go to chicago on a wednesday and the movie opens in chicago on friday man. as a platform release thing and stuff so check us out, man. Go to RebootRoadShow.com. Watch trailer, buy tickets. Fathom uh, for tickets to the Fathom event, Fathom.com. Um, and uh, this is going to be fun, kids. Oh, I love this movie. I can't wait to share it with you, man. Viewskew View Askew fans' wet dream, and I'm the original View Askew fan, man. So come see Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. It's going to be a good time, man. Jason Muse phenomenal in it. Hit me! Big ol'
1: episode 300.
2: System activate.
1: This is Netheads with Will Wilkins.
0: It's a tech podcast. Tech
2: podcast. But we are a ton cooler than your typical geek. You guys rock. And now, here's Will. <laughs>
1: Welcome to another edition of The Heads. My name is Will. As you can tell from the special intro, sans Trent, meaning he is not here, but that's okay. Because every once in a grand while, uh, I get the opportunity to use this little thing we call a podcast in order to talk to the people I want to talk to, the ones I find interesting, the people that entertain me, an ability to abuse my station as a normie, in order to bring people in and and hear their stories because everyone has a story. And uh, ever since I became a subscriber to The Ralph Report, uh, which you can check out to go to the ralphreport.com or patreon.com and look up The Ralph Report, there has been a person there since Jump Street who has provided an interesting entertainment perspective from across the pond, who has also brought me countless laughs, and if you've been to any of the Ralph Report live shows, he's also brought you a vast uh rainbow, if you will, of um, entertainment as well, and that man is none other than Steve Ashton. Steve, welcome to NetHeads.
2: Club Tropicana drinks are free, fun and sunshine, there's enough for everyone, all that's missing is the sea. But don't worry, you can suntan. How many of your guests have played Wham! to you, Will? Not a goddamn one, Steve. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Fucking hell. I can't believe it.
1: Well, you know, not many people are as cultured as you. Um, first of all, thanks for joining me. And and you know, I apologize to everybody uh listening to this because it's probably gonna come off as a gigantic ad for the Ralph Report, which is fine because it's something I enjoy on a daily basis. And it's just gonna be a big old fan wank fest, uh, talking to this this fella Steve <laughs> Ashton here. Um now, Steve Can I
2: Can I start by saying fuck Trent, by the way? Where the fuck is he? <laughs>
1: uh he's probably at work currently i am i'm sitting here in the chair hopped up on tylenol with codeine and and a pain in my back and a pain in my ass um but you know trent's not the pain in my ass but
2: fuck trent
1: (laughs) by the way fuck him fair enough fair enough I, i i i he's not here to defend himself so uh if you want to hurl out such harsh aggression at the get-go, I'm okay with it. But uh, as long as there's a follow-up where he gets a chance to uh, return in kind, if you will.
2: I, I, I'll be honest with you, um, Will. I won't be listening, so uh, fuck enough. him. Fuck him. <laughs> screw him that's okay you and countless
1: others on the internet will not be listening and i appreciate that um so steve i as i've said i have been a fan of the ralph report since the get-go uh you know i was also involved a little bit in in uh the ramp up to its release so uh, naturally i became a subscriber and i'm a big fan of ralph both as an entertainer and as a person um and i've heard I've heard hints and tales uh, of of your involvement, but if you don't mind, can we just kind of dial back the clock? And I'm interested to know, how did you and Ralph get connected uh, to, uh, to where you are a regular contributor on the Ralph Report?
2: Well, it's kind of... Um It's kind of a little bit of a love story, if I'm honest, Will. Um, It's like I was um, a fan of the stuff that Kevin was doing with uh, the stuff with Jay. So uh, the um, Get Old, and then I parlayed that into, obviously, Babylon. And was just a huge fan of, of Ralph's and just his sense of humor and his sensibilities, we seem to have a kind of, we have like a little bit of a similar kind of background. I I did radio for a few years, not as long as he did. And then I got shafted. So when he announced that he was leaving K-Rock, I just wrote to him and said, hey man, I've I've, uh, been in a very similar situation, almost exactly the same situation where I was the kind of third wheel slash you know, the one that always used to have to come up with the funny bits or the, you know, the sketches or the man on the street stuff, and which is what I, what I did. Um, and I got shit canned because my name wasn't on the show and I was the third wheel and all of that. So I wasn't in, you know, I didn't have a a, a 20 year, you know, golden handcuffs kind of contract and I got shafted. Um, so I empathized massively and I was a big fan, particularly for, obviously from um, Hollywood Babylon. And I just said, look, if you ever do anything and if you ever need um, a UK take on things knowing he was a big angle file. I said, I'd, I'd love to contribute my, my time to, you know, and, and, um, you know, my take. And he said, great. Um, yes. Cause I don't know what the show is going to be, what it's going to look like or sound like. And I need, you know, contributors and content, and that sort of stuff. So we arranged a Skype call and I was really nervous obviously because, you know, I was, I'm a fan of Ralph's and I, and, and, uh, and, and Kevin's obviously, but you know, particularly Ralph of, uh, sharing a, a certain level of sense of humor so i i had a couple of drinks before we spoke and and i did what probably most people do and go oh i can do voices too and then regaled him with a number of different accents around the uk and i just came off the came off the skype call and went oh i've completely fucked that up he's gonna think i'm an idiot but thankfully he said no despite you being an idiot um let's do something so we started uh, doing that from, I think I was on like show number two or three or something like that, and um, just just giving updates. And what's what's weird, Will, is because you know I don't uh, when I look for showbiz stories and stuff, um, I've got to learn, try and find and identify stories that can translate. So I look at the British press, and it's all about our crappy reality TV programs like Love Island, which is like The Bachelorette and The Bachelor. Um, and try and go what is translatable and what will go not just into the United States but, of course, into places all over Europe and the rest of the world where where we have subscribers. So it invariably involves, you know, a small cast of characters, which is like Sheeran, James Corden, Elton John, the Spice Girls, James Bond, and that's pretty pretty much it. So you can almost guarantee that all of those people will be mentioned at some point. So, yeah, it was just that. And he said, yeah, please come and help out. And I've been there ever since that's like a good sort of 18 months ago. And my absolute highlight is, is whenever I'm in, um, in the United States for work, which I am about two or three, four times a year or so, um, is coming over to Hollywood and doing the live shows at the improv. It's just the, absolutely the highlight of my year.
1: That is one of the things that I, I deeply regret, especially since it, realistically speaking, it's just a shuttle flight for me, really, uh, to be able to get down there if I were to see a live event. But then uh, one of the live Ralph reports is what I'm specifically talking about. But then, yeah. of course, because of the the time that they usually uh, occur, then I'm going to have to have a, a stay over for the night and then get out the next morning. So, you know, it becomes a bit more of an ordeal. I mean, it's nothing like driving to San Diego Comic-Con, which is apparently I have no issue with doing. So, clearly, right. it's just a matter of priorities, and I'm just a shit fan. Um, so I agree. So, thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, your involvement for me ha- has always been fun, but wh- at what point did you decide, because if people aren't aware, uh, during the live shows that occur at the Hollywood Improv, uh, world-famous Hollywood Improv, uh, you have always arrived in costume. At what point did you decide, you know, this will make this just a little bit more fun?
2: Well it's, it was the very first show so I did a lot of stories about Elton John and the whole thing was the very first time I mentioned Elton John it was um, uh, he was doing a show in Vegas and somebody he invited a bunch of people on stage to come and sing with him and they were doing Saturday nights all right for fighting and one guy was a little probably probably a little bit overserved and started to touch the keyboard. And Sir Elton told him off and he continued to do it. So he shouted fuck off into his face and then got up and said, no, you've ruined it, That I'm done, and then walked off stage, which I just think is such wonderful diva behaviour and so great. So every story now that I tell about Elton John is him at some point saying, telling someone to fuck off. So I thought that would be quite a fun thing to do. To It really... I'll be honest, Will. I really just want to make uh, Ralph, Carrie and Eddie laugh. So I never tell them what I'm dressing up as. So the very first time I dressed up as Elton John and it was a big surprise. So I thought that went down well. It made them laugh. Fuck it. Let's do it again. So the second time I'd been doing stories about Bohemian Rhapsody and about um, uh, Freddie Mercury. So I bought a whole uh, Halloween costume and dressed up as Uh, Freddie Mercury I had to shave because I have a full beard and moustache so I had to shave my face um, with a really bad razor Um, so I did that and then the third one I've been doing some stories about George Michael so I dressed up as George Michael and then this last show um, I wanted to throw them off because there's only so many gay British Singers to, around so everyone starts to guess what i'm going to get dressed up as right so people are saying you're going to be david bowie or you're going to be boy george which my, and i thought that, that that's where my my betting money was on the last one exactly so i just wanted to surprise everyone and flip the script so we've been doing stuff about um bad raps so uh ralph and eddie have been playing that there was one by Mr. T, and I think they'd done the Hulk Hogan one. I'm not sure. So I put together a little compilation video of different bad raps and then put the Macho Man Randy Savage at the end, and then I came out dressed up as Macho Man Randy Savage to really kind of flip the script and say, from now on in, you will not be able to predict who I'm getting dressed up as because it was starting to become predictable. So that was kind of the history of that really. It was the very first time we did the show and I wanted to make them laugh and I succeeded. So I thought oh this is good. Um so now it's become like a it's one of those things it just becomes a, it's a thing.
1: Well I think my the 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 part that I love the most hearing about this is that essentially it's you playing to the audience of one. But at the same time, it's uh, it, it it benefits all, if
2: you will. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's a and it's in re- realistically well, it's a it's an audience of three, which is Ralph, Eddie, and Carrie. So the very first time it was to make Ralph laugh, and then I go, "Oh, this is I got I got some I got a bit of traction with this, a bit of agency with my co uh, presenters." So it, it became about making them all. Fun. And this very last one was two twofold. One. Ralph hates wrestling. And every time I'm over and we do a live show, I always record with Eddie a couple of specials to put out during holidays or whatever, all of our wrestling, because he's a big wrestling fan and I'm a big wrestling fan. So uh, we put out a couple of 45 minute or an hour specials about wrestling and Ralph hates wrestling for some reason. It's so illogical. He just, given that he's such a big, you know, uh, Batman 66 fan and it's so camp and over the top that he uh, you would uh, naturally imagine that he quite likes wrestling because that in the 80s, certainly at least anyway, when I was watching it, it was a big thing, but no, he hates wrestling. So it was a twofold. One was to make Eddie laugh and um, two, to piss Ralph off slightly because he <laughs> was about wrestling and that seemed to work. Well, and I, I
1: have to admit, I am I, I listened to the wrestling shows, but I am in no way a wrestling fan. Um, It's just not one of those things that I connected with. But what do you expect? I grew up a nerd. So, you know, I, well, I guess in many cases, though, there is some crossover there. But it just wasn't something I got into, although I am able to appear like I've got certain uh, bona fides, if you will, when speaking to people. And, I, and I'll just pull out a random reference because I remember being at a friend's house once when they were watching it. Or their dad was watching it and Superfly Snooka was uh, in that particular match. So I'll throw that out. And suddenly people's like, oh, well, that's a little bit of an aged reference. He must know something. And I don't know, I don't know squat,
2: admittedly. Oh, a, li- a little bit of knowledge goes a long way, right?
1: That's all you need. Like I- I- in conversation and interviews, you just need that tad little bit to help carry you across the line.
2: And right. And I've, and I've already got my next, gosh, I probably think my next seven or eight live Ralph Report show ideas for costumes already lined up
1: well that's good too apparently since you had to actually mail the the last one in advance to make sure uh you could travel light but still have everything right so
2: I did Uh, yeah absolutely because because the last time I traveled over I, I so I had to buy all the different bits and pieces separately it was George Michael I had to buy day glow, bloody uh, fingerless gloves and uh, leg warmers and stuff. And it was a real trauma. So this time I just bought it all. And then I thought, I don't want to have to carry it and piss around. Um, so I just, I mailed it uh, direct. But I think the next one won't be so difficult. Maybe, I'm not sure if it's going to be that one or that one. Anyway, but all you've got to do is come along to the right live show or subscribe to the RalphReport.com, and then you'll find out.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's the that is the one saving grace typically as a as a fan and being a three-star general is that if there is video of the live shows, I at least still get the enjoyment of being able to watch it. I may not necessarily be able to be in the room, um, but like I said, this is going to sound like a big uh, paid advert. But I, I I support good content and good entertainment. And when it comes to something like the Ralph Report, when you think about the cost versus what you get, I mean, what is it the saying? It, like, as little as 15 cents a day, you can right. get... What is essentially a completely customized, made for you show that can at least distract you from the utter misery and turmoil of everyday life and just bring you a few laughs here and there? So, why would you yeah, invest absolutely. in something like that?
2: And and the fact is, it is a daily show. It's not something that you know you will uh, get once a week or once every two weeks or you know, God forbid, once a month. It literally is a daily show. It's your. It's a replacement in theory to your morning breakfast show, you know, uh, listen on your way to work. It's, it's exactly that kind type of format. We are, you know, we, we push the boundaries a little bit more obviously than they can do on commercial radio, but it, it, it literally is 15 cents a day for a morning breakfast show every single day. And then there's a bunch of, you know, um, additional bonus content that we make. I make a bunch of videos and stupid stuff, um, that you can, you can get. And then Eddie does stuff when he travels. And and, and we made some stuff when, uh, when Ralph was over in the UK with Kevin doing Babylon as well, we made some additional, uh, little bonus videos. So there's, I, I genuinely think, and I subscribe to a bunch of podcasts on Patreon. And I think, I think, you know, we are really up there in terms of the amount of the, the volume and the quality of the content. I, I'm going to say that obviously, but I do think we're up there.
1: I would agree. And the other nice thing, too, is that if, you, if you've if you been a person that is a traditional listener of radio or even in some of the subscription services like uh, satellite radio, uh, you'll often find that for your typical morning program, you're still going to get uh, the um, turmoil, not turmoil, but the ordeal of having to put up with the crap music that they're going to play just to get to the bits that you want. And with this, you don't have to worry about that. You just get straight into the content when you want it how you want it and you don't have to worry about uh having to listen to coldplay you know
2: 45 more times <laughs> right. yeah and terrible ads for geico or whatever yeah exactly it's
1: just it's all just content um so uh, I guess one of the questions I would have after uh, being a fan, because I I too am a bit, uh, I, I wouldn't say a complete Anglophile, but obviously being along along the nerdy lines, you know, my whole gateway are things like uh, Monty Python and Doctor Who and, and these elements that help draw me into the culture. But in flipping that a little bit, because, you know, two elements kind of uh, collide in that realm, uh, in the entertainment you provide and, and like the... Uh, the viewing I have into certain individuals, like my introduction to James Corden were from two episodes of Matt Smith's run on Dr. Who. Uh, and then of course he assaulted the the late night uh, talk show here in America. I guess my first question is, is it, and I, I don't mean to pull the curtain too far back, but is there truly a, a legitimate disdain on
2: your part with James Corden? Yes. I can't <laughs> fucking bear him. <laughs> he has- makes Fringe. He makes I can't even make a fist um when thinking about him. Um and the reason is he blew up right on TV. For me, he's a bit like Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon was okay on Saturday Night Live, and for some reason he got given this massive golden opportunity, and now he's just kind of milking that for all it's worth. But even worse than that, because he got through he got th- rammed down our throats. He's essentially he's essentially a, he was an actor. Um and he was on a programme called Fat Friends, which is about this sort of slimming club, like a slimming world Weight Watches type of thing. And he was good on it. He was a good actor. And then he wrote um a, a, a sitcom with a lady called Ruth Jones, who I imagine was the was the largest contributor to that show. Um uh, it's called Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> and it was it was passable. I mean, I didn't it was good, right? He played this sort of wide boy sort of like, um, dude, bro type of character, not really a dude, bro, but our version of that, which you'd like a kind of like a Cockney wide boy. All right, mate, how's it going? Type of thing. And all of a sudden he became this de facto representation of lad culture. And the re- fucking truth is he is a, um, a drama school fucking, uh, theater club kid. But all of a sudden, he's represented as this sort of like uh, football-loving, fucking um, like dude bro type of figure. And he was then all of a sudden became friends with David Beckham and was hanging out with Harry Styles and became this like real part of the zeitgeist. And then him and his friend Matt, Co- um, what's his name, uh, uh, Matt Horn, were given a, uh, a, a a sketch show to do, and they are neither of them funny. So it was just he was absolutely rammed down our throats for about two years. And he was the epitome of, like, football fans and the English. And he really, really isn't that person. So he kind of glommed on to To this whole thing about being, you know, a football supporter and supporting England, became friends with all the England football supporters and Stephen Gerrard, and who is my absolute hero, by the way. But it just, it just it was sickening, and it was just like he was absolutely rammed down our throats, and he was on everything all the time. He got given his own chat show, and it was just fucking horrible because he just had it was too much, too soon for the wrong person because he couldn't. Because for me. He didn't have the range or the talent to be able to handle it. So I see him on doing, you know, the um, the the carpool karaoke and the rap battle thing. And it's just all ideas that he's stolen off other people. There was There's a guy called Richard Llewellyn who was in a TV show called Red Dwarf. Are you, are you familiar with that, Will? Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
1: As I said, so, I have certain views into the British culture. And being a nerd, how could I not have watched and loved Red Dwarf?
2: awesome. So he played Crichton. So Richard the Welland played Crichton on um, Red Dwarf, which was just the most amazing character and amazing performance. And he did, basically he did Carpool Karaoke about 10 years ago. And Corden nixed that idea and has made millions from it. Same with the rap battle thing. Um, he, just, he just fucking drives me mad because he's got very limited uh, talent, but for some reason he's made... A ton of money off it, and I think there are far more talent. I don't mean me, but far more talented, uh, credible, uh, gifted people who are, he is taking up oxygen from. It's a bit like Jimmy Fallon, right? Well, it's a bit I, like I, Jimmy Fallon. I just kind of go, "Ugh, the, you've got no talent," and you and you you've got these amazing people that possibly could do better.
1: Well, unfortunately, in today's society, these are sort of the entertainment moguls now, not the people that necessarily have talent or are able to come up with good ideas. They come up with what it can be converted into social media media virability. That's, right. that's where their, uh, their cachet lies. And so when you get somebody like James Corden, who can nick a good idea like Carpool Karaoke, and has the ability, because of a talk show, to draw in the talent. It, it instantly can become viral. Uh, same thing with Jimmy Fallon. I mean, if you look at all the other previous iterations of the Tonight Show, you know, you do not see the dependence on on games the way that that he seems to have done, or uh, for the the lip sync uh, battles and the like. Uh, obviously, they are things that are perfectly tailored for short attention span theater. And and honestly speaking, I can't even tell you the last time I've watched a full episode of either one of their shows. I've just watched that which has become viral. So in a way, I have to give them credit. But more to the point, that is probably the power of a social media team that's hired for them. So again, they're just sort of lucking into... Uh, boy, if I were ever to get into the entertainment industry, I am just burning bridges before I even have a chance to get in the door. Um, but you know, realistically, they they inherited these tools uh, even though they are tools, right?
2: Well, the day that Logan Paul or Jake Paul gets their own television spot, I will go into my garage, I will get a length of hose pipe, connect it to the exhaust, and put it into uh, my car and fucking top myself. The time that either one of those twats Gets their own TV slot. That is the end of days, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well, as long as we're getting into the um, undesirableness of things, like obviously, I believe there is there is just legitimate affection uh, for Sir Elton, and obviously, the way those stories are able to be capped off, you know, they are uh, with the uh, with the telling of somebody to f off. I I, I personally view that as as a like a. a uh, a staple it's just it's something I look forward to just like anytime I hear Jennifer Lopez in the news I know Ralph's mm-hmm. gonna tee us up for uh you know there's always room for J-Lo even though sometimes I admit I miss it coming and then it hits me and I and I actually I feel happy like a warm blanket has been put around me but what about Ed Sheeran I mean do you truly dislike this this uh, bland ginger
2: I don't I don't Yes, I know. So I don't (laughs) fundamentally... I think he's a nice enough person, right? I think he's a good-hearted person. It's what, for me, he represents. And I know... I'm sure my parents felt the same with the music I listened to, but he's not making music for me. But I just find it so fucking saccharine and bland and, like, wallpaper-paste. I just... The music is and and music today generally speaking apart from I'll be honest with you well apart from a Cardi B or someone like that who's actually singing with some fucking passion and some sexiness and some dare I say balls um somebody like an Ed Sheeran so bland and and mediocre and good enough um uh so yeah I I fundamentally good luck to him he's uh He's done really well. He's incredibly successful and incredibly rich. His music is just fucking piss poor, but uh, I don't fundamentally dislike him. What I do dislike is just what, like I say, that sort of just good enough, what what, what he, re- he represents, I guess.
1: Yeah, just kind of being able to put together a good hook, something that the teenage girls are love because they want to hear. You know, they want a man that will sing to them. The way Ed Sheeran will sing to people. Well, at least that's what his music used to be like. I wouldn't know. I haven't really heard any <laughs> recent tunes. I
2: barely know. I don't really know any of his music. Other than that, I could like your body, Where he kind of he kind of appropriated. I don't know if it was like a Jamaican sound or something, but I don't know the the fact that he's he's he, you know he's contributing and, and, and collaborating with some incredibly good musicians like Eminem and people like that makes me physically sick but yeah, um, I, um, yeah no he's, he's yeah whatever he's great same as the Spice Girls though right well I take the piss out of the Spice Girls I actually between you and I I actually really like the Spice Girls but I do take the piss out of them because I know it winds Ralph up a little bit and uh and Scary Spice is a fascinating character even though I kind of adore her in a way um but you know me, me me, telling stories about lots of people I like and I think are great is not that interesting to listen to. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like,
1: uh, well, hopefully not what's happening here, because obviously I'm a big fan and I'm, I'm taking advantage of being able to interview you. But, you know, at the same time, you don't, if you hear somebody telling stories about something and there's not some type of edge, then you're really not providing anything else other than the same thing that Google News could do. So Right. I totally get it. I, you know, just uh, this is my opportunity, as I said, to kind of peek
2: behind the curtain a little bit and see what's what. Um, well, well, essentially, my, I guess, I don't know if, if the, this is the right word, but my, in inverted commas, character, if you like, on the show is to be a British version of Ralph on Hollywood Babylon, which is acerbic and angry and frustrated and all that sort of stuff. I essentially... I kind of made that decision early on, like what would make Ralph laugh and uh, which is so is being angry and and all of those things I said, um, but doing it in a slightly different way with a little bit more um, acerbic wordplay, I guess. And And that's that's
1: what I and And and, and that's what brings the entertainment. And I think it's an excellent compliment. So um, as we said, you kind of have been there since the get go. Uh, How was the? uh, How was it for you? Kind of in the. I don't want to say the transition and tone of the show, but uh, the adoption of, uh, for example, uh, Eddie Pence joining the show. What was as as a person that was kind of a part of the team? uh, What was it like when
2: Eddie came in for you? Well, great question. I was a bit jealous. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. So I so um, and I and Ralph didn't I, I'm not even sure if Ralph let me know I think he did he said oh, I'm bringing in a guy I'm bringing in my friend uh, Eddie and we're gonna you know have a co-host and stuff and I was really jealous which is so weird because it was just him him and I really um, there was Banks and there was uh, Buzz and you know, the occasional guest but. Um, and we had a, I, and we have a good chemistry, right, which we've built up. But also, have, pretty quickly, we we built up a good chemistry, and uh, he brought Eddie in, and I was, oh, fucking, I'm so, can't believe I've never told any this to anyone will, but I was a bit jealous.
1: I think it's completely understandable, and obviously, I I was I, I was hoping I might get that kind of answer because it's just you know you're a part of it, and you're kind of a what you would call like a featured bit, if you will, you know, it's like, uh, and, and then it's obviously expanded first. It was the UK, uh, entertainment update. Uh, now you also, uh, perform things for ask a Brit. You've been getting involved when they have special lists, but it's different when, you know, your boyfriend now spends time more
2: time with somebody else. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Fucking so jealous. I hated him. I didn't hate him at all, but, um, the thing is now, Eddie and I have got such a tremendous chemistry also. Um, when we do our wrestling bits and whenever I see him, it's so fun because, you know, we get to, I don't know if this is the right expression, but we get to kind of go, fucking hell, Ralph, and we get to complain about <laughs> Ralph together. It's fun. So what I, but also what I love is like on the, in the dynamic between, on the live show, you've got a little bit of business between Carrie and I and our affection for each other. And, you know, we're not the regulars. So we've got that dynamic. There's a dynamic between, um, Eddie and I in terms of similar, right? We're not the main guy or we're just the fucking stooges or whatever. And we argue with Ralph or or disagree with Ralph. And then there's the genuine affection and and, and, um, similar sense of humor between Ralph and I. And of course, there's the daily stuff between Ralph and Eddie and obviously, you know, between Carrie and Ralph. So there's so many little kind of like. We're not weird, but like really lovely little dynamics between people. And there is absolute genuine affection between Eddie and I, I've, um, I don't know if Eddie will listen to this. I hope he doesn't. (laughs) I doubt he will. Well, he don't know, he's got a lot of time in his hands. Oh, well, I
1: I, I don't know though cuz it's like I always see things about the Ramble podcast. He's always uh, you know, as we said, it's a daily show that he's on with Ralph. Uh, he's obviously got his child who he's, you know, just attempting to exploit at any potential uh, opportunity for more exposure. Um,
2: just kidding on that. So, guy. I'm going to I'm going to tell you something now that I didn't want to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just launched a a campaign of fucking stupidness on eddie so i've started saying <laughs> he asked me, for some reason i don't know why will he asked me a few weeks ago what is my address because i so i a, a couple a few months ago not the last rather, r- report the Ralph report before live one i got custom lego figures made of carrie ralph eddie and olivia and gave them to as them, little presents I always bring presents whenever I arrive, right, to, to go and see them. Um, and uh, Eddie asked me for my address, and I was wondering why, why was that. So he's not sent me fuck all, right? So I, I decided – this is about a month ago. He's not sent me anything. So I decided now to unleash a, a fucking bizarre, stupid, random, ridiculous campaign, right, which I'm, about, I'm two weeks into now. So the first the, <laughs> the first thing I did, he gave me his address because he sent me he sent me a message and said, what's your address? And I said, fuck you. What is your address? So I got so he sent me his address. so I sent him mine. And then like last like I think it was like maybe two weeks ago before I went to India. I sent him a um, a picture of a bowl of soup and I wrote the like like a clip art bowl of soup on a piece of paper cut out so it's like small in an envelope and sent it to him uh, with just the word soup written on it and then the one i sent today was i bought a um like like a cheap fitbit like monitor thing uh, so i can count my calories and stuff like that for the day so i sent him the little instructions how to uh how to fit it so i'm on this campaign i'm going to which i'm going to do every week sending send him some random shit like a like a like a, a a sales receipt from the supermarket or you know a picture of something and i've embarked upon this campaign and he's not mentioned the first one yet so i don't know if he got it or not but i'm going to bombard him for I, i'm i'm kind of planning on it doing for once a week for the next year and see see if he mentions it
1: D- and does he know these items are from you, or are they coming anonymously?
2: No, they're coming anonymously. I just I send him I send him and uh, I say Mr. Edwin Pence and then the address, Um it's all printed out, so it's not there's no handwriting or anything like that. D- does that make me sound fucking weird, Will?
1: No, not at all. I love that kind of stuff. I mean, I I you know I was one of those uh, people. For some reason, I, I don't know why, I was uh, strolling through the uh, garden center of the local hardware store, and I saw this utterly ridiculous uh, garden gnome. Right, it was a solar powered garden gnome, though, and for some reason, up near his face, he was he was clutching, you know, some type of sack, and that particular sack would light up at night. And I said, and it was on clearance for fifty percent off. So I'm like, this is so absurd, I want it, and I put it out in front of my house. And you know, people would joke about it, why do you have the stupid thing? And then suddenly, one Halloween, the gnome vanished. And I started getting notes about his travels and everything else. To this day, I don't know who did it. And in the long run, I utterly loved it. So I think doing just random absurd things just to see if it gets a rise out of somebody can be a very productive thing. The only thing I would state now, however, is that if there is any type of audience crossover, please, everyone, keep the secret. Don't let Eddie know. He'll hopefully never listen to this. And as a matter of fact, Steve, if you want me to cut it out of the final product and we'll drop it in like a year from now, that's fine too. I just don't want to ruin the anonymity of the utter bizarreness of it. Because, you know, it it could go one of two ways. He's It's going to become a great story or it's something that's going to get reported to the LAPD. We don't know which way it's going to go. I know, right? That's the great
2: thing about it. I just want to send him random shit like... I don't know. I mean, I'm. I'm. If look, if you can suggest anything that stupid, so not anything big, something that will fit in a in a standard size envelope. So I've sent him, like I say, I'm going to send him. Start sending receipts, maybe like one sheet of toilet paper, something that's light and fucking just. He'll get it and go, "What the fuck is this? Who is sending me this shit?" But the thing is, it comes. It comes. Um, it will, he, I'm sure he will know it's me. He's not sold it yet. So either he hasn't received the first one or he received it and is waiting to respond or something. I don't know what the game is. And that's part of the intrigue for me. He, he, I've not heard back from him. He's not mentioned it on the show. Ralph hasn't mentioned it either. So I think there's something, I don't know, there's something afoot. Either he hasn't received it or he's waiting to get back to me. Either way, it's a fucking delightful little game that we're playing, <laughs> or- whether he knows it. <laughs> whether he knows it or not. And I just want to fucking mess with him because he's so messable with. I just, like I really like Eddie a lot. And we, we have a lot of affection. Um, uh, yeah, you know, and, uh, the, we got the wrestling thing and yeah, just it's, it's, uh, it's quite a game. I'm really looking forward to pursuing it. I so if I'll- you, yeah, I was gonna say, if you want to, if you want to suggest anything, oh. you can contact me. Um, I'm on, I'm on, um, Twitter, I think it's Steve Ashton. Is it Steve Ashton? I can look at my messages right now, considering we put
1: this Steve- interview together.
2: And yeah. It's just Steve Ashton, all one word. Steve Ashton, yeah, at Twitter. So on the Twitter, yeah. So go, because you know what? I, like 11 years ago or something, I was on Twitter in 2008. When he first started, I went, oh, I better get that. Get, better, better get my name just in case I get famous. Um, uh, so, yeah, Steve Ashton on Twitter. So if you want to, if you actually, can you do that? Is that a good idea? Cause then he'll see it. You can email me Steve at the Ralph com If you've got any suggestions of random fucking bizarre, stupid stuff that's, you know, not dirty or anything. Uh, and I'll send it to him.
1: I, th- well, I think probably the beauty of it right now is he's trying to understand if there is a code that is being conveyed, something there, like a secret message. But I think I think anything in your everyday life where you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Now you send it to you send it to Eddie. Uh, also, I may recommend you know like any uh, good recipe that takes uh, something uh, from his normal bland, pointless uh, diet and and just throws a little bit of a twist on it. Maybe you know help expand his palate a little bit. Those That's might good be idea. some nice items to send to him. Uh, That's but a good it, idea. It is amazing what the guy will and won't eat and what his uh, rationale is for. And if you don't know what we're talking about, again, subscribe to the Ralph Report. You can listen to all the back episodes and you will learn that this man is just a, a complex uh, jumble uh, of texture and flavor and, and you know, in some extent, I think, food-wise, ignorance. Just all those items kind of
2: combined. He's like that guy that you go out to dinner with, right? You're at, say, a Chipotle and you go and sit down and you're ordering, you know, you're ordering starters. Should we just do, should we we just get like the the platter, the selection, the the, the grouping of everything? And then you go, oh, no, I can't do that. I can't have that. Why? Because of some fucking bizarre. I can't have um, chicken next to uh, sweet potato. Why? Just, it's fucking gross. I can't. I can't fucking bear it. I can't have that on the same plate in my fucking eye line. Some weird fucking ridiculous stuff. And he's a delightful mess. He really is. And
1: he, he's the guy that orders a hamburger when you go to a nice steak restaurant. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I know nothing about him. My only regret, because uh, I, I did. I, I was briefly down at the uh, the meetup in San Diego that, that Ralph had set up for the Court listeners. Uh, but my 16-year-old daughter was with me, and I felt weird going to a bar with my 16-year-old. That was just a little something. And my only regret is that I did not—I uh, I for- absolutely forgot myself, or I was just so enamored with the handsomeness that is Ralph Garman that I totally forgot to, to hunt out and introduce myself to uh, to Eddie. And you know, I, I really wish I had.
2: Yeah, he's—he's uh, he's, uh, you know—you he's such a lovely, friendly wonderful fucked up mental mess he's so good as are we all right will as are we all we all
1: have our our bits so uh steve before we go i think the other thing i'd like to hit on um because uh being a follower of yours and now that we are friends on facebook as well uh there are two very interesting elements that have transpired in your life recently and even more recently um the first is that, uh, as a listener I'm aware of, you have sort of gone through a weight loss revolution, if you will, uh, which which I have do. So I'm interested to hear uh, about uh, how you came to that determination and, and kind of how you got there. And the second thing is, where did you get those dance moves that we saw on Kerry uh, Garman's video? So let me answer the
2: second question first. Um, I think I, um, without sounding racist, I think think I'm not entirely white in my heritage because I'm a white straight man who can dance the fuck out of any song. Right. So I've got moves that you wouldn't believe. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I just, uh, I used to be a body popper. Right. So back in the day, back in the um, 80s, um, I would take my linoleum or our big cardboard boxes and, and, uh, go and, uh, body pop. And I wasn't a break dancer. I was a body popper and we'd go and perform and everything else. I think that was my, one of my first experiences of performing. Um, so, and I, and I loved it and I was really good at it. I, I don't know. I just natural, I think and it's because I'm from the North of England, right? And in the North of England, we're very soulful, right? So it's, there's um, a, a dance revolution that happened in the, in the early 1970s called Northern Soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's where people would go and, and they go to a place called uh, the Wigan Casino, which is where I grew up. I was born in Liverpool and I, I grew up in Wigan. And it was where people went to go and like really, truly go up, go and show out and dance and sort of they'd spend all night, mainly on Molly, but they'd spend all night dancing. <laughs> um and kind of show out and it was a whole big thing a whole big performance thing so the north of england has a lot of soul to it so maybe that's it um and it was a way for me to because i'm not the best looking guy in the world right so it was a way for me to attract attention to from women so when women see you dance they kind of go oh maybe that's how he is performing in other areas so i think that was it so that's one thing and then what was the original question first question
1: uh just that uh, recently it it sounds like you right. have Wait. had a body revolution if you will
2: so i go through periods and, and apparently there is a people go on a 7 year cycle or something like that right so um i go on these cycles where i train at the gym i eat really well i don't drink i you know, really look after myself and take care of myself. And I've not done that for a number of years. Right. So it's just, it was literally just that time. So, um, I kind of got up one morning, um, uh, hung over, um, I looked in the mirror went, God, you're really ridiculously overweight and you don't feel good about yourself. So maybe those two things are connected Um, so I thought to myself, right, let's do something about one of those things and see if the other thing improves. And it did, you know, and I still feel like I'm the biggest knobhead in the world as most people do. Right. We are our own biggest critic, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I feel slightly better about myself having lost weight and then starting to eat better and not drink. Well, apart from when I'm in LA and when I'm around Ralph, um, (laughs) uh, not drink and eat healthily, and I did the keto diet. I'm doing uh, intermittent fasting, where I fast for 20 hours and and I eat for you know I've got a window of four hours where I eat, which I'll have three meals within four hours, and sort of light meals, but still you know I'll get in a lot of fats and protein because I'm doing keto, um, and then I'll exercise at the gym every possible day that I can, um, and then when I can't go to the gym, I'll walk a lot. Right, so I'll go and do an hour or a couple of hours of walking. So at least I'm burning some calories and it does make me feel better about myself. And I think the reason is not necessarily because I've lost weight and, you know, it's about, you know, body uh, image and that sort of stuff. It's because I'm actually paying attention uh, and taking time for myself, you know, and kind of going, you you are worth investing in yourself. You know, you don't have to sit uh, in front of the TV screen or computer screen uh, eating crap and uh, drinking and and telling yourself what a terrible person you are. So it's all of those things, really. That's kind of that's kind of why. Yeah, it's kind
1: of the, that's. Uh, it's it's interesting to hear because I've kind of been along a similar journey. Uh, came across the the real motivator for me was coming across a photo from when my eldest daughter, who is now sixteen, was more along the lines of six, and uh, we had taken a picture at Disneyland. And I thought to myself, uh, "Oh, my gosh, Was this me auditioning for the white version of Eddie Murphy's The Clumps family?" And it uh, it and I realized that the majority of my life uh, uh, realistically speaking, in the last twenty years, and I'm only uh, forty eight years old, has been kind of spent in that condition. And uh, you know, having somebody in in some regards close to me with Kevin having his heart attack scare kind of, Got me started on that momentum, but then I, I found that you know it was always small losses and then occasional gains and frequent plateaus. So you know, uh, I think it was around February where I found out uh, I would get the opportunity to go to New Orleans and and at least appear in the film uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot, uh, where I realized, oh my gosh, uh, realistically speaking, people are going to see me on this big screen. And I didn't want to look like the human version of Mr. Potato Head up there, right? So I, I kind of my brother-in-law had done keto and, and he had had great success with it, and, and honestly speaking, I have too. But the the part for me that that really unlocked it the most, I think, was the part you mentioned, and it was something that Kevin had mentioned too about intermittent fasting because it forced me to redefine my approach to food, my relationship right. with food. And right. made me realize how many different ways I was improperly dependent on food, and and so it's definitely something I encourage anyone to try to do. At least to uh, if you were somebody like me, who would eat in excess uh, just because you always had and because it tasted good. Um, so so it, I'm glad you you shared that. The only thing I can say about the keto diet, I think, is that. And I, I don't mean to sound sexist in any way, but it really seems like it's more aligned uh, success-wise for men than it is for women, because I've seen uh, both parties uh, take part in it, and I, I've seen mixed results on on the female side of things, and it seems like I see the same results on, on the, the male side of things. And I don't know if that's a, a basic biochemical or genetic thing, but uh, I, I tell you, I've been very pleased with the results.
2: Yeah, it could be. I I, I don't know. It's going into dodgy territory, but maybe because of the, no, I'm not even going to go down that route, but in terms of the hunter gatherer type of, are we supposed to be like that genetically in terms of storing fat? Maybe we're not supposed to be like that. So our bodies respond more to it.
1: No, no, I'm with you. And, And whereas women are supposed to be the nurturers and carers and bearers of children. And if you think about it, I think realistically speaking, uh, like uh, a breastfeeding, uh, mother that, that gets converted from body fat. So there's a natural, I think, tendency to store there. And whereas yeah. when you're doing intermittent fasting and you're doing keto, you really are eating like a hundred gatherers. Like you're eating a little bit right. for a brief amount of time. And the stuff you're eating is the same kind of stuff you would either, well, relatively
2: speaking, you'd kill or find out on the trail, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I think you've articulated that beautifully. I think, I think particularly the relationship to food, right? So, um, so, so now food is, so, so right now for me, food is desperately important when I eat. So I, I put a lot of time and attention into thinking about what I'm eating and how I'm eating and stuff like that. So the thing is, well, for me is it's made me kind of, it sounds really weird because of how restrictive in, in a way, not really, but, but how you have to be very mindful of what you're eating. It's made me kind of, it sounds weird, but fall in love with what I'm making. So I make food now, whereas before it's so easy to get, you know, if I, if if I wasn't doing this diet and I wasn't exercising and everything else that I'm doing is I'd I'd get whatever crap I'd fancied at the time. And then I'd shove it in the microwave, shove it in the oven or whatever it is. But now I'm, I'm cooking. I'm making keto pizza. I'm making, you know keto everything is keto obviously but keto fish pie or or whatever it is and i'm and, and i'm in very considerate about what i'm putting in my body and that's made me actually really appreciative of the flavours and the textures and all that sort of stuff of the food whereas before because i wasn't even thinking about it um, i just shove anything into my fucking fat face so oh, yeah. it's it's actually really made me enjoy cooking and the fact that i live on my own right and i work from home So I'm on my own a fucking 90% of my life. Um, It's actually made me make an effort to buy ingredients and cook and and actually be very mindful of kind of what goes in.
1: Yeah, it does. It makes you very much aware of of what you're doing. Although I will say that anytime I do go the pizza route, that's the that's I I don't want to say my one weakness, but it's definitely the one area where it, it, it you're able to pull off. A flavor profile that is so similar to to what you had in the standard world, I'll say, that there I still fall into the old pitfall. Because like the other night I did that, you know, for those that don't know, one of the variants is this thing called fathead pizza dough, which right. really sounds counterproductive to what you're trying to do. Uh, but really, it, 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 it provides just the right texture and just the right experience to where everything else on your pizza, it's just pizza. And, and just like the old days, man, like I'll cut it up and I'll just like, okay, well, I'll reserve three pieces. This is what I'm going to have. And then I have it. And then like an hour and a half later, it's like, well, I could go for another slice. And, and you know, eventually, suddenly, the just the entire pizza is gone again. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but at the same time, when you do this type of thing, you learn that your body isn't necessarily – reacting or gaining weight because you did something. It's more of a biochemical reaction. So it's like i right. had the fathead pizza, and yeah, sure, if I weigh myself for the next two days, it's going to seem like I gained weight, but that's because I ate a lot of sodium-related items, and it's just excess water that's got to get out of my system. And, it, right. and that's the thing I appreciate, too, is that it teaches you as well to not be so dependent uh, on the scale so much as understanding more your body's process with food. And, and- yeah,
2: absolutely. And I, I, my so some mornings I'll wake I'll wake up and weigh myself and I'll go oh cool, and then literally three or four hours later I've you know technically put on six pounds. It's ridiculous because of either what I've eaten or not eaten or you know I've taken on water or whatever it might be. But it's absolutely ridiculous of of how much you know kind of and also I don't pay attention to it as well. Right, so it's sort of, yeah, thank you. That's what it is right now in a couple of hours time it could be back down so n- sort of not living my life to that kind of oh my god I've put on two pounds or three pounds or whatever
1: yeah the only part that I think that I'm I'm upset about but at the same time I'm appreciative of is the fact that I've, I've now got a lot of a wardrobe that I just really just cannot wear anymore
2: oh my god yeah, absolutely
1: the t-shirts look too ridiculous like even the one I'm wearing right now which you can't see it's just the, the neckline is too loose because it's a 2xl and in this particular cut it's just ginormous and And the one thing that I will say that I am doing is that uh, I do have to go through the closet and I am just going to purge myself of all of these clothes that no longer fit because I do not want that escape hatch. Right. Exactly. Well, I'm sure you didn't anticipate getting into such a heady conversation around food and diet, but I just thought that anytime I I find somebody that's kind of like on a like-minded journey, I like to put that out there because you never know who may randomly listen to this and you help affect some change. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's just a simple comment. Like, like Kevin mentioning, you know, he just, you know, he kind of eats one meal a day. It's like, well, what, why is he doing that? And then I learn about intermittent fasting. And then I learn the fact that, you know, I don't need to wake up and have three eggs and hash browns and sausage and bacon and toast and, and everything else, because realistically my body's not even looking for it yet. Right. Right. And, and so you never know when we, through our own words, uh, even if we're just chatting with friends, posting something on social media, we can help affect change. And the world is so just shitty all around from every right. perspective. Uh, it's nice to put something out there that that might help people in a positive manner. Because, you know, it's like, hey.
2: yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and it takes, look, look, from, from what you're saying, what I'm saying, it takes it's not a straight away thing. So, you know, for me doing a 20 and a four, so fasting for 20 hours, eating in a window of four hours, it, I I didn't do that straight away, but you know, it's like doing a 12 and 12 and then a 14 and, whatever <laughs> 10 <laughs> yeah 14 and then 10 or whatever and and then doing it over the course of a couple of months is is got to me where it's it's where i am now right so i'm doing 20 and 4 now i didn't start off like that um and it's and it's tough right and it's you have to drink lots of water and you have to take vitamins and you have to have other supplements that don't take you you know that take you out of that, that don't take you out of that fast and that kind of thing so it's not a, a, a simple thing that you can do, you know, try tomorrow and then go. Jesus Christ, it's been eighteen hours. I'm fucking starving. But it is a process where you, you know, you you learn and, and you know, uh, and uh, you do it gradually. Same the same thing with keto same thing with any kind of lifestyle change. And for me, it is a lifestyle change. It's not like I'm doing this so I can get fit into my prom dress. I'm doing this uh, because, and it actually, really, genuinely, I'm sharper. Mentally, um, I'm feel uh, good about myself because I've lost weight. But also, the, the the chemical process happening when you're depending dependent on fat for your energy and you burn your own fat is good for your brain.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. I will say that I, I've gotten far less forgetful uh, now that I'm I'm doing this, and I'm able to come to sharper conclusions much quicker so it and and you know plus there's also just the the consideration that your body isn't having to expend energy to support all of that excess that i used to have you know so it's it's very beneficial it just makes things like traveling a bit more challenging to some degree
2: right yeah (laughs) i mean i've just been in india this last week and it was uh it was difficult i mean i was staying in a i was staying in a western hotel so uh, so it was easy it could, because they have three different types of restaurants and all that sort of stuff. But I'm in Mexico in two weeks' time for a week, and I, and again, I'm staying at uh, you know in a Western, you know, in a in an American, I think a, a Regency or a Marriott or somewhere like that. But um, so it'll be easy from from that perspective. But yeah, when you're traveling and you're on aeroplanes and stuff like that, so I didn't know where I was, so I just gave up and went screw it, give me a vodka tonic. <laughs> and a number of many vodka tonics and uh i'll just eat what i eat just not eat any carbs but yeah no it's challenging when you when you travel a lot
1: yeah but you just have to know to be able to make those compromises and know that it's just a short-term solution to a long-term goal and and even
2: when yeah exactly and even when i take my girls to um to mcdonald's i get a burger with no bun and there's always those kind of possibilities which is good great keto right a nice big quarter pounder with cheese uh without a bun Perfect heater. Yeah,
1: it fits right in, and it's always it's always there's there's always some option if you're creative enough. Even in San Diego, uh, my my kid and I we stayed at an Airbnb. I made sure it had a kitchen, so that way if we if I didn't have much to eat during the day, I knew I could come back and have exactly what I wanted. And I I just like you, I've fallen in love with cooking again. I was dreading it, and yeah. now I I really enjoy the experience. And you know what's going in, and it makes you feel better. Um, so, so uh, well. Thanks for that. I really appreciate it, Steve, as well as as your time today, especially given the the hour that it's now turning uh, where you live. Um, but uh, I, I just kind of want to loop back on everything. If if you've enjoyed this conversation with Steve, I want to encourage everyone, of course, to uh, to subscribe to the Ralph Report. You can go to theralphreport.com. You can also go to patreon.com and uh, look up the Ralph Report there, uh, or at links from theralphreport.com. So it's just a quick and easy hop, skip, and a jump. And uh, if you've if you've enjoyed this conversation with Steve and you are in the Los Angeles area or traveling there, uh, make sure to subscribe to the Ralph Report, because generally what I've picked up on is anytime Steve is going to be in the L.A. area, seems to time out that there is going to be a live show. They sort of uh, kind of revolve around your presence in a way. So, and and I will say that anytime uh, Ralph is involved in some type of live show, there is good, solid, quality entertainment every time. So, it would not be, uh, it would definitely be a good investment of your time and energy. And not to mention, uh, we all need good quality entertainment in life. And I, I feel like the Ralph report definitely does provide that.
2: So, and also, there's, there's um, I think it was June. So, there is, um, uh, on SoundCloud if you go let me bring it up hang on a minute one second sound cloud i'm on my computer here so there is the ralph report live just to just as to to support what will just said if you go to sound oh oh there it's i played automatically on soundcloud if You, I don't know how the fuck you would get there, but, um, Ralph, the Ralph reports put into Google, the Ralph Report, SoundCloud, every Monday Ralph puts out a free uh, episode and it's normally the Monday's episode. Um, and sometimes the Monday's episode is our live show. So if you try to find T R R three, three, eight zero six, 1519. So that's the 15th of June, 2019 TRR 338. That's our live Ralph report. And there's, um, a story on there. <laughs> <I was>
1: gonna...
2: <laughs> there's a story on there about the last time I stayed at Ralph's house and I very much embarrassed myself. Um, so that's a bit of a tease. Um, and you can, uh, yeah, go and find that out. And, oh. uh, it's a great show.
1: Oh, it's a great show, and it is a great story, and that is all I will say there. <laughs>
2: um, also, so- we do live, we do live streams, and all sorts of some fun videos and stuff that I make and and Eddie makes and, and stuff like that. So it's a it's a good listen. It's in a daily thing as well, right?
1: Yeah, and if you're here in the states and you you know you just need a distraction from the horrors that are coming from either the the city, the town, the government around you, or the UK, same story, um, right? <laughs> you can uh, you can definitely uh, find some good quality entertainment and thank you for reminding me to remind everyone as well that there is the free version of the Ralph Port so it's kind of a kind of a try before you buy first taste is free kind of thing and, and it gives you insight into the to the quality of the entertainment that you can get so uh, please be sure to check that out Steve. Thank you so much. this was an absolute pleasure pleasure. Uh, it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time and if you aren't uh, clearly at this point you sir, our show three hundred of netheads, so I hope that is oh, wow. something that uh, that brings you some some joy in the sacrifice of your of your night tonight. Do
2: you know what it does? And the fact that fucking Trent isn't involved in show three hundred is just a, a testament to the character of the man, right? <laughs> the fucking the fucking nerve of the guy not to be here at three hundred. The fucking brass neck of the guy not to be here. I have no idea who he is, but I. Th- I, I, I feel disrespected. I feel undermined. And above all, I feel angry. I, I, I was fully expecting by the end of the show. By the way, Will, who's Trent?
1: <laughs> so I'm Who glad is Trent? Got that out. Is he your, your co host? Oh, he's our, my regular co host. He's part of the reason why I enjoy doing this show. Because realistically speaking, although usually we talk about items of tech and entertainment related, it's also mostly a therapeutic session where I get to speak to my friend, uh, which okay. is the part that I enjoy the most. Uh, How do you
2: know trends then? How did you get to meet each other? Uh,
1: you know, uh, back in the day, looking uh, to build an audience as fast as possible, naturally, I glommed on to that which I could. So I created a podcast much in the same way that this uh, Skype account's name called Radio Askew, where I would kind of do a, a rundown of the week of, of like news and items related to the uh, to the world of Kevin Smith. And Partway through to help do that, I had a very uh, similar-looking uh, avatar uh, and album artwork to a certain uh, entertainer named Kevin Smith. And so along the way, he had uh, Trent had just been a follower, and one day I was testing out the ability to take live phone calls, and I'm like, hey, anybody you want to call, come on in. Uh, and this was after I had been stuck co-hostless again for about 20 episodes. And he called in, and we just connected. So uh, it, after a really good conversation afterwards i'm just like hey do you want to do you want to give this a shot again and and that was almost 10 years ago now
2: oh my god trent is fucking me to your to, like ralph garman yeah exactly
1: uh except uh, you know you're there every episode so
2: <laughs> club tropicana drinks are free fun and sunshine there's enough for everyone i've got a new guitar can you tell i've got a new guitar and i'm so i I can't play guitar very well but um i'm very enthusiastic at times except it fucking hurts my hand so i've got to put it down every five minutes mate it's been an absolute pleasure you have such a fucking sexy delightful voice will why do you not do you do like voiceovers already or anything like that
1: Nope just a, just the silly little podcast, although there is the possibility when you do finally get to see Jane and Silent Bob reboot, even though you can see me on screen, there is the possibility you may hear me on screen, and that is all I will say for now.
2: I may have oh, said wow. too much. So I'm going to wait until it comes out on VOD, because I know they, they're doing screenings and stuff like that in the UK, and I hung out with Kevin a little bit um, when he was here um, doing Babylon with Ralph. I don't want to be one of those people who kind of goes, oh, can I come and hang out and, and stuff like that. So I, I met him, and I, and he's going to be screening at the Prince of Charles. Prince of Charles? Prince, Prince Charles, Charles Theater. Yeah, but I'm banned from there. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Do you know about that? Do, I, have I, do no. you know about that? No. So he was when he was doing um, – yoga hoses I went I I was working all day right so I, I was up at four o'clock in the morning slept over down to London was working all day in London and then went oh, I'm gonna go and see the thing and I bought all the tickets and everything else and then there was like a good five-hour gap so I was hanging out in the bar downstairs at the um, Prince of Wales fucking whatever Prince Charles Prince of Wales theatre and um and I said to the guy look is it all right if I am I sh- am I all right to hang out here and then kind of go, I don't have to go back outside. Because I was like number four in the queue or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to go back upstairs and outside to wait and everything else. And they go, no, you'll be fine. And I said, could you just check? Could you double check? So the barman, so he said, went upstairs and checked. said, there's a guy downstairs in the bar buying drinks for loads of people in the bar and just generally being nice and charming and nice to everyone. Um, is it all right if he stays down there? And apparently they said yes, because there was these two Welsh guys in there who had who'd arrived really early, like at midday or something like that, and they, they were told they could hang out downstairs. Um, so I was chatting to them and buying them drinks and food, and we were laughing and laughing, and I thought I was right in, right? So about two hours later, um, after being down there for ages, the, the staff came out and went, everyone who's in the bar has to clear out. And I said, I- I'm all right. right. I've been." I've, the guy said I'd be okay. Okay. Um, and they went, no, these Welsh guys are all right, but you have to go out. and went, no, literally, seriously, I've been told. Otherwise, they would have been outside queuing. And uh, Harley came out, right? So I was chatting to Harley, and everything was cool. And then again, this person came out. So everyone who's in the bar has to get out. And, uh, and I was stood there. As the first show was entering out, and I was holding the door open for people going and pretending to be dormant, going, thanks, good night, thanks, have a good time, thank you, whatever. Pissing around with these two Welsh guys. And I and the, the lady went, you know, you've got you can't you can't be in here, you've got to go back outside to the back of the queue. And I went, No, love, look, listen, I've been here for fucking hours spending money hanging out with these guys. These guys were told they were all right. I was told I was all right. Um, but now I've you're telling me I've got to go. And um, and then uh She said, no, you have to go. You definitely can't come in. So I was really fucking pissed off and angry. So all these people were coming in, and this is very petulant of me, right? But I was going, and in a way, I think I was channeling a bit of Ralph, channeling a bit of Brian Johnson at the time, if I'm honest. But all these people going in, and I was going, I was here before him. I was here before her, I was here before those people, I was here before those people, blah, blah, blah. And I had to wait until the very fucking last person in the queue had gone in and then they let me in. Right. So then I was about to go in and I went, hey, thanks so much for your wonderful service. And under my breath, I muttered a rude word and the person at the door heard me mutter the rude word and said they wouldn't let me in because I said the rude word that I said. Right. It begins with C. Mm-hmm. and uh and i the the manager came out and, and said um i said look i apologize i'm frustrated because i've been here for three hours two hours in this bar spending money looking after these people and i was told i couldn't blah 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 and the guy said um all right look if you apologize and if this person accepts your apology for using that word we'll let you in and i said look i'm sorry I'm, i was frustrated it's been a long day waiting down here do you accept my apology? And the person said, no.
1: Oh, how ungracious of them. Exactly. I, I, so I, I'm sure you follow it up with the
2: same word again. Then afterwards, I did very loudly. <laughs> so I'm banned from there. So I can't go and see the show. But anyway,
1: well, you know, you're people that knows people. I'm sure they could give your, your name a little leniency. If, if it were yes. mentioned,
2: I'm just fucking him. fucking him, Will I don't want to go there Fair enough. on the strictly on the basis that they mugged me off. I will never step foot in that place ever again. I completely understand. Fair enough, sir.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, you've made episode 300 something very special to me. And, oh. and uh, words can't be uh, put that, that uh, could show my appreciation adequately.
2: Man, I live on my own. I, I, I uh, work from home. It's very rare I get to speak to someone as intelligent and as eloquent and as wonderful as you are. So thank you so much for even asking to uh, spend some time and talking. It's my absolute honor and pleasure to uh, to have spent some time with you.
1: Thank you, sir. And uh, remember, once again, folks, if you go to Twitter, Steve Ashton, one word, uh, follow along with uh, the man, the myth, the legend. And also,
2: I'll tell you, he's always on there. So uh, if you prefer, I know, and I do, do I do do some funny things on there too, right? I'm quite a good follow. Yes, I,
1: I, more so than I, I am. I'm just, I am, I'm the dead fish, the bad lay of Twitter uh, follows. But you, my friend uh, provide quality entertainment every time.
2: I'm um, on there all the time. And I'm also, I'm always posting stupid shit on there, um, original shit. I'm not just one of those people who posts memes. I think that's a very lazy thing to do. Either say something or think something and type something funny or don't bother because um, po- reposting a meme, which fucking pensters all the time. And you think being a comedian, hmm. he'd have some better contribution, but all he does is post some like – patrick stewart meme or some bullshit he's a fucking con artist
1: be a be a, be a creator not a carton folks
2: exactly
1: until next time my name is will and i'm steve and you've been listening to another edition of netheads this is netheads with will wilkins signing off oh. i know right but stop being a little nancy and deal with it
2: Netheads. We'll be back soon. Goodbye.
0: This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.